0: Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org slash donate. Ten minutes after eight, and joining me is Kevin Camps. Kevin Camps is Radioactive Waste Specialist at Beyond Nuclear. Kevin, I'm going to read you guys a bit from your mission statement because I just think it's important to say now and as we um, head into 2024 beyond nuclear aims to educate and activate the public about the connections between nuclear power and nuclear weapons and the need to abolish both to safeguard our future and they advocate for an energy future that is sustainable, benign and democratic i wanted to speak with kevin today about the Envi- environmental coalition that has legally Intervened against the restart of uh, the nuclear uh, nuclear power plant at Palisades, located along Lake Michigan, but also about the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act and the, I don't know. I guess I'm going to call it nuclear power's resurgence at COP28. So good morning, I'm Kevin Camps. Thank you for joining me.
1: Good morning, Jan. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, so just starting with that 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 um, uh, Palisades uh, uh, intervention, can you talk? Tell folks if they're not familiar about the concerns at um, the to restart Palisades and then what the coalition has done.
1: Sure. Uh, we're calling it the zombie reactor. It would be the first atomic reactor permanently closed to be brought back into operations. And uh, it's a horrible precedent. It's uh, one of the most dangerous atomic reactors in the entire country and by some measures perhaps the entire world. And that most serious of many safety problems is called embrittlement of the reactor pressure vessel, which can cause a crack through the wall of the vessel and an inevitable core meltdown. And the closest competition, ironically, that Palisades has with this problem, in the United States anyway, is Point Beach Unit 2 in Wisconsin. So you've got the first and second worst embrittled reactor pressure vessels in the country wedging in between them Lake Michigan. So... The risks are very high. You've got this attempt to restart Palisades, which is really insane. And then you've got plans to continue operating Point Beach Unit 2 for 80 years, and also to keep operating Point Beach Unit 1 for 80 years. So they're really pushing the envelope of safety with all of these bad decisions. And in addition to that, Palisades, the public bailout is hard to wrap your head around. The restart, at this point, we've calculated will cost taxpayers, mostly federal but also state of Michigan, about $4.5 billion, all told. And that doesn't even include the proposal at Palisades to build small modular reactors, uh, two of them at this point, another $7.4 billion, So nearly $12 billion of public subsidy at Palisades. And I should hasten to add that the precedents being set are now being replicated in Wisconsin The Kiwani nuclear power plant closed more than a decade ago, and the company supposedly decommissioning that plant called Energy Solutions is now talking about building small modular reactors on that site on the Lake Michigan shoreline. And I would not be surprised, depending on how far the decommissioning has gone at Kiwani, that they might even consider restarting it. Because way back 10 years ago, there was a MADCAP scheme uh, by a startup in Wisconsin to restart Kiwani
0: not long after it shut down and thankfully it, it went away at the time but here we go again. So Kevin, how how have these zombie reactors been resurrected? How is it because of the the public bailout? How has it even gotten this far?
1: Yeah, it's um it was a bait and switch trick pulled by the company that was supposed to decommission Palisades called Holtec. They took ownership after saying for years that they were going to decommission the old reactor. That was on June 28th of 2022 that they took ownership from the previous owner. And then less than a week later, they applied to the U.S. Department of Energy for the initial $3 billion of what is now a $4.4, $4.5 billion bailout. And they kept it quiet for months. They waited till they were good and ready to announce it in the media. That was September 9th of 2022. And unfortunately, they've been egged on by the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, a Democrat. And there's a similar dynamic happening in California where Diablo Canyon units one and two and unit one is badly embrittled, too. Just not as bad as Palisades or Point Beach, Two. Um, Gavin Newsom, the governor out there, was at the table for the shutdown agreement. Those reactors were supposed to shut down in 2024 and 2025. And then all of a sudden, a complete reversal. Gavin Newsom wants to keep them operating. And there's politics involved Uh, right to the top. The Biden administration, Energy Secretary Granholm, who's a former governor and attorney general of Michigan. It's fair to say she's been pro-nuclear for decades, but this is kind of off the deep end, what they're proposing.
0: Now, you call this reckless, you call it representing an existential risk For the Great Lakes.
1: Yeah, um, I mean take the Nuclear Regulatory Commission's own figures. They tried to suppress these figures when they got their hands on them because they're so shocking, but a report way back in 1982 estimated that at Palisades if there if there was a core meltdown the casualties would include a thousand radiation poisoning deaths, 7,000 radiation injuries, and 10,000 latent cancer fatalities and then $52 billion in property damage. But the thing is, the population has grown significantly since 1982, downwind of the Palisades reactor. So the casualties would be worse. And also, if you just adjust for inflation, that property damage figure would go up to $163 billion. But I think one aspect of that report that they didn't get away with suppressing, thanks to Ed Markey, who's now a US Senator from Massachusetts, Democrat, is the impacts on Lake Michigan. Um, Arnie Gunderson, who is our nuclear engineer expert witness, was helping us fight embrittlement at Palisades more than a decade ago, and he wrote an essay called Downstream, where he looked at what if a Fukushima-scale catastrophe were to take place anywhere on the Great Lakes, and there are scores of reactors and other nuclear facilities. And one point he made is that the Pacific Ocean is something like 30,000 times more voluminous than the Great Lakes. No surprise, really. But what that means is if you have a nuclear catastrophe unfolding into the Great Lakes, it's going to be very concentrated. The Great Lakes are the drinking water supply for 40 million people, four zero million people in two countries and a large number of indigenous First Nations. It would be a catastrophe, um, uh, no doubt about it.
0: You know, And... and- You know, that the that, you know, here along Lake Michigan, but I I hear you saying it's sort of, you know, well beyond Wisconsin and well up in politically in our in our government um, support for this sort of zombie (laughs) resurrection. The um so so the, the the intervention is with the nuclear regulatory commission, like what can 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 the coalition do and who's the coalition?
1: Yeah, so three groups jumped in. It's Beyond Nuclear and Don't Waste Michigan, which is the statewide anti-nuclear coalition in Michigan. And a local group in Southwest Michigan called Michigan Safe Energy Future. And it is an intervention and a request for hearing to the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission. What's going on is Holtec is trying to simply reverse the paperwork of the previous owner who officially shut the plant permanently By June 13th of 2022, and even one of the NRC commissioners, one of the five directors of the agency, Commissioner Crowell pointed out earlier this year that if proponents like Holtec, like Governor Whitmer wanted to restart Palisades, why did they wait till the very last second to even bring it up? It was already shut down. So what Holtec's trying to get away with is to convince the NRC, which is not hard. The the industry controls the NRC. It's a captured agency. That's how far gone our safety regulation is in this country. They want an exemption to regulations to just let them reshuffle the paperwork and say, you know, that shutdown paperwork that was filed that's never been reversed in the history of nuclear power in the U.S., can you just let us reverse it and pretend like it didn't happen? That's what we're trying to stop from happening. And coming down the pike at us are any number of license amendment requests that they also have to do to reverse the shutdown. One has already been approved by the NRC to restore emergency preparedness preparations at Palisades which never should have been ended in the first place. There's so much high level waste at Palisades that a catastrophe could still unfold there even with the reactor permanently closed. But like NRC does, they are asked for waivers and exemptions, and they granted that one some years ago where they said, okay, the reactor's shutting, I guess we don't need to prepare for emergencies anymore, which was outrageous that they did that, but they do it at every plant that shuts down, even with the waste still sitting there. So that one we don't necessarily object to. There should be emergency planning going on at Palisades, even with the reactor shut down, Oh, we're going to fight every single attempt that they make to restart the reactor.
0: And so the coalition has submitted a petition to intervene and you're re- requesting a hearing. So at least you, they'll have to answer the questions and this just can't go um, through without any kind of um, daylight on it. You
1: know... We hope so. Yeah. Exemptions are immune from interventions and we're challenging that. So we'll see how this goes.
0: You know... Just kind of pushing forward the, uh, well, first off, when do you expect to hear from the NRC about this? Yeah, well, Holtec
1: has already filed for a motion for summary dismissal just to get rid of us right away. And we've, of course, resisted that. And the NRC now has to deal with this motion for summary dismissal, which could happen quickly. We don't know how audacious NRC's behavior is going to be. But if the normal process unfolds, it's a pretty short timeline for the other side to come at us, for us to respond. And then it's up to the commission, the five directors, ultimately to decide. And they can sit on it for years. They've done that to us before. And as you sit, as you wait,
0: things are approved. So it's just, uh,
1: like I said, it's a very rigged process, but we'll do our best.
0: Is there um, something folks can do in the action?
1: Well, certainly, you know, calling your elected officials at every level and saying, hey, there's something just really monstrous being proposed on the Lake Michigan shore that affects us in Wisconsin, too. And, of course, the federal bailouts, you know, of $4.5 billion and counting, they're going up as time goes on. That's every American taxpayer. So this affects everybody in, in some way. And so it's very legitimate to try to get our elected officials to take this Seriously, and do something about it.
0: Now, an update on the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act Amendment of 2023. Um, It was blocked by the House. Can you tell folks, just summarize, you know, what that hoped to extend and, um, you know, protect?
1: Mm -hmm. The Radiation Exposure Compensation Act was first put into law in 1990. It was to compensate people downwind of the nevada test site where nuclear weapons were exploded for decades on end um, more than 100 above ground in the open atmosphere and then many hundreds more underground but many of those leaked into the atmosphere but the limits of rica were that it only extended to a few states nevada parts of utah parts of arizona of course there was a uh, fallout all across the country another aspect of rica was uranium mining Effect especially in the Four Corners area, especially with indigenous people like the Navajo Diné. And um, so this was an attempt to not only renew RICA because it sunsets next year. The entire law will go away next year unless it's extended. But it was also an effort to expand RICA to account for people in these many other states that also suffered from fallout, and also suffered from uranium mining and uranium processing in places like St. Louis, Missouri. And it was looking very good. The Senate voted in favor of this RECA renewal and expansion by a vote of 61 votes in favor, a supermajority. And then it went into conference committee with the House, Republican leadership, because the House, um, it was all a part of the National Defense Authorization Act. The House bill was different. And it just came out of the conference committee last week without the RECA extension and expansion included. So there's been a real outcry in places like Missouri and New Mexico. The downwinders from the Trinity blast in July 1945, the first in history, have never been recognized as downwinders, as harmed by that blast. And they were tremendously harmed by that blast. So, folks have really just redoubled their determination to get this through, but it's it's a real betrayal. It's a real shameful act by House Republicans, and should be remembered when people consider who to uh, put in charge of our government.
0: The um, I, Kevin, I'm speaking with Kevin Camps, Radio, radioactive waste specialist at Beyond Nuclear. Hey, hey, Kevin. And what about nuclear power's resurgence at COP twenty eight? Were you expecting this, or you know, you've been keeping an eye on this? I, I I, guess I I was sort of blindsided, but that's because there's so much for me to pay attention to, and I, I um, rely on folks like you to help me um, know what's going on, so fill me in on, and fill our listeners in on what happened.
1: Yeah, you know, it is to be expected, but these days, for the past year or more, the propaganda machine of the nuclear power industry has been in overdrive and they've got limitless resources, like I mentioned earlier with the bailouts, mostly public in origin. So they're using our own money to bamboozle us. And so here they are showing up at the council of parties like they have the previous 27 times, but this time they just had a lot of momentum And unfortunately, like I mentioned, the Biden administration at the highest level, including John Kerry, who's now Biden's climate emissary, really doing a sales pitch for the nuclear power industry. And so, yeah, 20 some countries said yes to nuclear power as a supposed solution to the climate crisis. Of course, that means 180 or more countries that did not sign on to that. And it's, really flying in the face of the facts, of course. I mean, one of our expert witnesses on the Palisades intervention is Mark Jacobson of Stanford. And what his 140 page expert declaration really is, is a chapter out of his 2019 book that goes into great detail as to why nuclear power is not a climate solution by any means at all. And the most important parts of it are, it takes way too long and it costs way too much. Those are the non-starters. But in addition to that, nuclear power has all kinds of problems of its own, like nuclear weapons proliferation, the unsolved nuclear waste dilemma, the risk of catastrophes like Fukushima, the impacts on indigenous people and low-income people of color from uranium mining and milling and processing. So it's not a solution. It's an opportunity cost, which means that the real solutions like renewables and efficiency and storage are going to get shortchanged. And get neglected and guess what we're not going to solve the problem making bad decisions like this especially when the nuclear power industry wants the lion's share of the money truth be told
0: and the and this this i don't know pr framing that we can we must use nuclear power to get to net zero um carbon emissions is, is do we is there is there technology that that um, that supports that kind of pitch? Or are we still just looking at all that, you know, unknown, unsafe ways to get rid of the waste?
1: The problems of nuclear power have not been solved, including the cost problem. I mean, the lead new reactor proposal in the United States, they've really been hyping small modular reactors for many years now because their attempt under Bush and Cheney 20 years ago now to go with gigantic new reactors didn't work. And so wouldn't you know, the lead small reactor proposal in the country to build multiple small reactors in Idaho and send most of the electricity to Utah just went down. It got canceled at a loss of billions of dollars, especially to U.S. taxpayers because DOE was subsidizing it heavily. That was the lead project in the country. It's been canceled. And I mentioned... gigantic new reactors from 20 years ago there were some three dozen proposed back then and it looked bad for the anti-nuclear movement in that regard well about 10 years after they were proposed now 20 years later most of the three dozen 34 or so have been canceled effectively there's only two that ever really broke ground vogel units three and four in georgia and wouldn't you know the Nuclear Energy Institute's prediction of $2.5 billion per reactor had gone up by 10 years later to, in 2012 to $7.5 billion per reactor. And now uh, the figure is more like $17.5 billion per reactor in Georgia, and it's still going up. In fact, they're about to approve another $7.5 billion of cost overruns that the ratepayers of Georgia, including low income people of color, Get to pay because the company behind the project has no skin in the game whatsoever. It's entirely subsidized by the public. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm totally, totally hearing you. And we've got, you know, where it's just more, more money going, good money going after pro- programs that are reactors that aren't gonna work. And aren't safe I'm sorry Kevin I'm just thinking about everything you're saying I'm picturing John Kerry at COP and what he's talking about to all of these uh, folks anyhow sorry I just um, was was so intently listening to you I'm speaking with Kevin Camps he's the radioactive waste specialist at Beyond Nuclear and it's just great to talk with you now we'll be talking again in 2024 um, but thank you so much for joining me this morning thanks a lot for having me Jen thanks